Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Many dance students face challenges along their journey to What's a challenge that you feel you face, whether that's your pre-professional days or perhaps in your professional days? Uh, and how do you feel like you've worked to overcome that challenge? Um, so, a huge challenge that I faced when I was, I'm, I'm going to speak of mostly my pre-professional training and how it transitioned into my professional life. Um, when I was in school, um, it's obviously a very intense time in your life. Like you are kind of in that, uh, you're in that position where you don't really know if you're going to make it or not. And so you feel like there's it's kind of hard to, or it was very hard for me to practice, um, you know, self-acceptance and self-kindness because I was constantly thinking of what can I do to uh, increase my chances of making it into a company. Mm -hmm. And a huge part of that was um, body image. Mm -hmm. And that is directly correlated with nutrition. Um, it was very difficult to go through puberty. Um, as everyone knows, it's a very young career and we start at a very young age, and usually when we're in a professional level, we're going through puberty. Mm -hmm. And um, that was very hard for me because I wasn't um, this, like, thin, um, super uh, lean person that I looked at professionals, and that's how they looked. And I was someone that had body fat, and I was having, like, development in my hips and that type of growth. Um, so that was something that was very difficult, especially, I mean, just being honest, there was a lot of like talks. I was told like, oh, like, you just need to lose a few pounds or you need to uh, lean out or something when I had no idea what that meant. Like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so that not only was difficult for me and my idea of body image, but it was also difficult for me uh, mentally to gain confidence and to be happy with myself and to feel I could be kind to myself because I would always try and um, figure out what I was doing wrong and you know it's you're hard on yourself when you're a teenager but that definitely was a difficulty going through school um, and going through all the difficulties of ballet itself technically and um, competitively yeah. but so that was a big thing and it definitely transitioned into my professional life as well um, when I started in a company because you look at these principal dancers or these soloists or even core dancers that are, they have like this ideal body that ballet has kind of normalized, mm -hmm. which can be very thin. But for me, um, I, I wasn't necessarily 
I didn't feel like I had, you know, I, I like my thighs would like touch, for example, like if I was like in a bathing suit or something, I didn't feel like I had this ideal body type and having yeah. that low confidence as well. It was really hard to kind of get out of that negative cycle. So much of our intense training days really does line up with the years of puberty between uh, whether that's from the ages of like 12 to even at 18. Uh, and I think that that's the time when really building the framework of confidence is so critical. But if you're battling those, I always call them uh, antiquated ideals of what we expect in the ballet world, that can be really hard on a young dancer. And it can even, uh, for some young dancers, steer them away from really pursuing this path. So clearly, you know, you were able to overcome it in a way that you're at a point where you are in your career now, where you have learned to some extent how to better uh, view yourself with your body image and your body. But we'll, of course, get to that. I don't want to jump too far ahead. But that being said, um, because in the beginning, when you were explaining, you said, you know, body image does really correlate with nutrition. So my question for you is, was there ever a, a specific time in your training at the pre-professional where you started to make a connection between the foods that you were putting on your plate and how you were actually dancing studio or uh, on stage? Mm, that's a good question. Um, the thing about my pre-professional training is that I think maybe I, I'm not sure of people's experience that went to bigger schools, but the school that I went to, um, we were mostly, we weren't performing that much. We were mostly in the studio and we would, there would be a lot of starting and stopping. It would be a lot of, um, very intense work that was obviously, um, incredibly demanding of our bodies and our brains, but it's not like I was ever building up stamina to the point that I am as a professional. So honestly, like I didn't really have that, that um, click of um, the food that I was eating and the importance of it until I became a professional. And that's something that, yeah, it's really hard to admit because I mean, I'd love to be able to say, yeah, I like figured it out. And that's what made me have a successful um, path towards being a professional, but it just wasn't the case. Like I had to unlearn so much as I started to understand the importance of developing stamina, um, which I hadn't experienced up until I was, I'd say like 22. Yeah, very interesting. And, you know, from there, we spoke about this, there's no doubt that there's a lot of pressure in the dance world. So how you really balance a more positive outlook on body image, especially in your professional career. Um, Okay, so, the difference between how I feel now and how I used to feel when I was living a more like unhealthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, now I kind of, my relationship with food started improving with my professional career and once stamina is starting to be built, but it also, um, started developing when I had a greater sense of loving myself as a woman and understanding that I am a woman. I am not a child. Mm -hmm. I am not someone that should look malnourished or should fit any sort of cookie cutter mentality that might be more oriented around like a younger type of look. I am a woman and there's nothing I can do about it. And that's something that I had to accept um, 
very much in the studio, but also away from the studio. Um, and when that started happening, I started realizing, okay, how can I fuel myself um, so that I can actually maintain these um, bodily functions that are necessary in being a woman? Um, you know, like the whole idea of not getting a period, that was something that I did not want to allow. That's not something I wanted to um, let happen, which and it's happened when I was younger. I know so many other dancers that experienced that. Um, so that was the first thing. That was a big one. And then also realizing that there was dancers that I was looking up to in the, in the company that um, they didn't have like this, um, this image that I had kind of idolized for so long. I, I grew up watching a lot of Russian ballet dancers that are incredibly thin, you know, and it's just kind of the culture there. But I was looking at people that looked like women, but athletic women and um, women with muscle tone. And that's something that I was, that looked more um, possible. So um, that kind of helped me understand, okay, I want a balanced way of eating. I want to have, um, I want to have greens. I want to have all sorts of colors. I want to have veggies. I want to have protein. I want to have carbs. Um, I have to understand how I feel um, in this adult body as opposed to what I was told I should eat, which would be like reduced carbs, reduced sugars, reduced everything, mm -hmm. which wasn't really making me feel good and it didn't make me feel comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm. So important that you made this connection of changing what you're striving for to a more attainable more practical, more realistic, uh, more diversity, more body shape. It's super important for younger dancers to just have those skills and realize that they can still be in the dance world if they don't have that antiquated feel of what a body should look like. I would love for you to walk us through a sample day of how you feel. Now yeah. I, I'm not um, dancing really other than just like within a small perimeter and inside the house. So it's very different that you don't have that sense of taking up space that um, you get in the studio. So honestly, like with the pandemic and everything, I've kind of oriented my eating habits off of what I um you know, just like taking time for a meal, not necessarily being in a rush ever. And that's something I've really enjoyed. It's been pretty meditative for me. Um, so now it's, I'll wake up, um, I'll drink water. Hydrating is kind of a big thing that I've also learned to be incredibly important. Um, I usually like to have some coffee. So I'll make coffee um, while I'm making breakfast. And usually I'll have eggs of some sort. Um, some sort of bread, depending on if I have um, meat in the fridge, which is kind of, it depends on how I feel when I'm at the, the store. Um, if there's any like chicken sausage, I'd like to have that in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, so just a good balance. I'll usually have fruit. I like to have smaller portions spread mm -hmm. out throughout the day and then have like a proper dinner. And that just works for me. But I don't know. I'm a big fan of pasta. I love mm -hmm. pasta and I love having just different combinations of ingredients to like top the pasta with. So I'll usually have like zucchini or mushrooms or any sort of seasonal food that catches my interest. Um, green onion, um, garlic. Um, and yeah, I usually will just like mix it all together, 
with sauce or without sauce and mm -hmm. put it yeah. on top of pasta. That's about it. So oh, and, I, and I love ice cream too. A lot of questions about how should I be eating differently while I'm not dancing too much at holiday or traveling or even when you're on tour and you're, you're you have those long stretches, those long days where you're like sitting on a bus all day and uh, before you actually get to the stage. So a lot of dancers always ask me, how do I balance uh, my eating habits between these differences of those really busy days and those days where you actually have time. And I love that you're making a point. You even said that it's somewhat meditative for you to really take time for your meals now more than ever. It's the perfect opportunity for a dancer to practice mindful eating habits. Uh, sometimes we get very uh, used to cleaning our plate just because like we're used to eating certain foods or a certain amount of foods, or if you're trying to be more controlling over your food choices, then I'll see a lot of eating exactly what they're serving themselves themselves. And now I'm trying to educate dancers to really challenge themselves about tuning more into their fullness cues at a meal, really sitting down and, and trying those mindful eating techniques, you know, closing your screen, um, sitting down, taking breaths, drinking water while you're eating, just to help naturally rebuild what we so often lose touch, which is our intuitive feelings of hunger and fullness. Um, especially mm -hmm. for dancers who are just constantly going from state to rehearsals to um, if they're younger and they're pre-professional, they're going to their academic coursework. So there's a ton to balance throughout the day. And I think now is just the perfect time for us to take take the structured routines that we know so well and put them on the back burner and try the more intuitive process around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a huge believer in, um, you know, intuitive practices. I believe that if you are, I mean, for me personally, it's never really worked for me to just follow something and keep that same rigidity um, without any sort of adaptation. Mm -hmm. So um, I think like, for example, if I'm, working less like right now where I'm really not that active like the most I do is really indoor class or going on walks um, mm -hmm. or like swimming if I'm near water right. um, so you know if I'm feeling like I'm having a more strenuous day like I'm probably going to want to eat more and it's the same in the studio if there's rehearsal there's rehearsal days where I do nothing mm -hmm. I do absolutely nothing and that's just the reality of it I'll be understudying or there'll be like a run through where it's like you can't really do much and you just kind of mark things in the back. And so it's really not a lot of um, energy being used. And if anything, it's more mental energy just trying to get through the day without, you know, maybe falling asleep, which, mm -hmm. you know, is it, it happens. During those days, I honestly, maybe I'll like crave something with more sugar in it. And it, I won't even know why, like maybe I'll want like a pastry. Mm -hmm. And it's, it won't be like a high volume amount of food, but it'll be something that will, you know, make me like kind of awake, make me feel like satisfied. And that's all I really need for a few hours. Um, and then there's days where I know there's going to be like multiple run throughs. Mm -hmm. And during those days, I usually the night before when I know that that's going to happen the next day, I usually make sure I have a good dinner. Um, and I usually make sure I hydrate a lot. Gatorade, the electrolytes. Like if I know I'm going to be sweating a lot, I'm, I would like to, you know, yeah. compensate yeah. in a way where I have more electrolytes. Especially for the summer, sometimes Gatorade is a really easy, convenient choice uh, because you're sweating more. You need those electrolytes and it has a little bit of sugar in it, which just mm -hmm. like 
helps you kind of pick up those energy levels. Um, and just something that I want to touch back on, satisfaction. Satisfaction is such a key factor in our food choice. Just choosing only the healthy foods that you think you want to be healthy, their performance. Uh, but in the, in the meat file, those foods are very healthy, but not satisfied. Then they're never really going to feel satisfied. They might end up more nauseous throughout the day or at the end of the day. So I love that you said satisfaction is uh, something that you look for uh, when you are fueling, whether it be during your performance season or not your performance season. But now to kind of get back to your performance season, I'd love to just ask more specifically, do you have a pre-performance meal or snack that you like to do? I, I kind of want to break down your how you handle performances from pre-performance, mid-performance, and post-performance. So why don't you kind of mm -hmm. walk Pre-performance, uh, I'm a big fan of bananas. I have a lot of um, cramps uh, in my calves and in my arches usually when I perform, um, especially if it's kind of a strenuous role. Um, point shoes kind of do that to me. So I'm a big fan of having a lot of bananas when I'm performing just for that potassium. Definitely. Also, it's very filling, very good energy. With right. um, I usually pre-performance the night before performance, more pasta. Um, yeah. just cause you know, the carbohydrates, I personally respond well to having a high carb diet when I'm performing. Um, it gives me energy. It makes me feel awake the next day. Um, I'm not like someone that just has like a little salad. Um, it just has never worked for me. Carbs are a major source of energy. You know, things like the keto diet, a lot of dancers definitely get scared of carbs, but you heard it here, guys. Don't be scared of carbs. They're a major source of energy. Performance. Yes, exactly. And so, yeah, I know I'm going to be doing a lot, so I need to feel myself. Um, and then so during the show, I, I try and have like a smaller portioned meal of something like, you know, like half a sandwich or, um, you know, like a, once again, like a pastry and then like a coffee and then some water and like a banana, like something that's just smaller portions, really just I'm fine with having some fruit um, and water mm -hmm. after a performance. I have to have dinner. Like I'm someone that I need to eat before I go to bed, especially after a long day of shows. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the same thing where usually the next day we'll have another show. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of that same cycle of like, okay, proper dinner, proper um, veggies, protein, carbs, water, electrolytes if I can. And mm -hmm. that's kind of when I feel okay. Cause I don't need to dance after eating. Like I usually just sit for a little bit. I'm usually on my phone or I'm reading or I'm doing something, watching something to kind of relax and unwind because I have all that adrenaline built up. Right. And then I usually fall asleep and it, it's usually pretty late. Like it's a very strange schedule during performance season, mm -hmm. but that's just kind of how I manage, um, especially if I don't want to get lightheaded or something the next day, which I will if I don't have enough food. So that's really important. The night before, what basically what you're saying is that, you know, how you're eating during the, throughout the week, the day before, uh, it's all impacting the next day of your performance. So it's not like we're just eating for that day. We're really trying to eat for even the future uh, and making sure, you know, you having a solid dinner after your performance, helping with your recovery from the previous show. And it's also helping to top off like your glycogen stores for the next day of rehearsals and then performances. So it's such a good point that you really have to make make effort to have a solid meal after the show, even if it's so late. 
Yeah, and I know that some people, that's the thing, everyone kind of has a different situation yeah. going on. Like, this is, all, of course, like, I'm all about, um, you know, individual points of view. Like, this is yeah. something that works for my body. It works for my, um, it, it feels right to me, and it, and it works. And I've, I've been someone that did the whole, um, you know, like, oh, like, don't eat anything, and then, like, you know, binge. Like, I feel like so many people, like, kind of normalized in the ballet mm -hmm. culture but in the end like it wasn't good for my skin it wasn't good for my brain um it wasn't good like the serotonin it's like 95 percent of your serotonin is developed in your gastrointestinal tract so like i was definitely dealing with all sorts of like mental health like um you know just difficulties and i didn't understand that food was a direct um it was a direct uh culprit of that type of thing so this is, has helped me and I'm still developing it. Every year is different. It's not like I've figured it out by any means. But um, this has this pattern has helped the most. Oh, and allowing uh, during shows, it's a big thing, especially with my company, that we'll have like chocolate or sweets or something that we provide like for each other or people will share it. And that's something that obviously I can't go crazy or else I'll probably get a headache. But that will also be a good way to get that um, – satisfaction type of energy going like during shows and yeah. I've been cool with that um that's also just like an experience it sounds like that's a really fun thing that your company does that if you are not allowing yourself to take part in you're going to kind of miss out on what could be a fun situation with your company so I think that's a really good point that you bring up everyone is different and everyone has things that work for them and things that don't work exactly why do these live chats with, with you guys, the pros, because I want younger dancers to see that not everyone um, has the same habits, uh, but that doesn't mean that we, that doesn't mean there's just a one size fits all when it comes to fueling for a dancer. I mean, there's obviously many, many different variations on how we can do. This. So just one general question, I'd love to hear how you find what a healthy dancer I would define it as somebody that is constantly um, willing to uh, kind of unlearn and relearn things uh, consistently and being open to um, other people and like other people's um, experience so that you can kind of gain that understanding that everyone is different. Um, and then once you gain that, you have to practice that self-love that uh, intuitional way of thinking of having a relationship between your mind and your body mm -hmm. and knowing that it's kind of an everlasting journey um, as your body develops and as your mind changes um, and being willing to adapt and also knowing that you're going through that um, you know just developing that relationship with food and um, making sure that you are feeding yourself. Like if, if you're a vehicle, you know, we're all, if our body's a vehicle, it's like you don't want to give yourself a skimpy amount of fuel. You don't want to give yourself insufficient. You want to give yourself very high grade fuel and mm -hmm. you want to listen to your body so you can understand if it's working properly and make adjustments as your body changes. And yeah. in doing so, you then have a greater understanding to, um, Hopefully, and this is something that I'm constantly working on, um, hopefully you don't compare yourself to others because you understand that if you're going through this, then probably someone else is going through this as well, or you would hope that they would. Right. And you gain that type of understanding of like a healthy dancer is someone that 
has enough of a relationship with themselves and their body to give yourselves the proper fuel and to be able to um, not judge others on how they um, handle their bodies, but hopefully um, be able to like recognize and like help others if they need that type of assistance, if they are struggling. Because I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's not easy to be healthy in a in a, an industry that honestly, like there's, there's talks that happen in professional careers. Like it's something that people feel that sense of shame, like well into their adulthood. And I think it's really hard to kind of uh, change that process into being like, okay, well, am I actually being healthy? Am I actually doing what I can to give myself like the proper the proper nutrition, because if so, you're probably not going to be binging. You're probably not going to be um, doing these other things that would lead to an unhealthy um, body and unhealthy mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's just kind of gaining that awareness. Definitely. It's so important to realize that it's not just about how our body looks. It's also about how our mind works and our mentality and realizing that food plays a role in all of that. Emily, thank you so much. You brought up such incredible points. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Unless there's any other points that you want to bring up. Uh, I would like to just bring up like shout out to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I hope everybody is learning. I hope everybody is sharing their um, their own opinions and views like within their social circles. And I hope everyone's listening. And yeah, learning, uh, listening is a big thing. Reading, diversifying social feeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Listen to your black peers and um, yeah. share your share those difficult conversations within your social circles and do the best you can. Absolutely. Emily, it was a pleasure speaking to you and I'll talk to you soon. You too, Rachel. Thank you.